Hello, everyone. I'm Bill Raggio. I'm a senior fellow at Foundation for Defense of Democracies and editor of FDD's Long War Journal. This is Generation Jihad, the podcast that covers all things in what used to be known as the global war on terror, but we now call the Long War. And today we are going to turn back to the situation in Israel, in Gaza, current fighting. Look, there's a lot we can discuss today. There's a lot of headlines, some we may be glossing over. You have U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin is visiting Israel today. The pressure for the Israelis to wind down operations. You know, the continued fighting in Gaza. You have the Houthis, of course, which we discussed in depth last Friday. Again, so much out there, but we're going to tackle three topics today. The hostage situation and the tragic death of three Israeli hostages who were killed by members of the Israel Defense Force by accident. The situation with the tunnels and um, some laughable concerns that flooding the tunnels is some kind of war crime. And the fact that Hamas is deploying suicide bombers against Israeli troops in Gaza. We haven't seen Hamas use suicide bombers for quite some time. My co-host, Joe Trusman, is a research analyst for FDD's Long War Journal. Joe, welcome back to Generation Jihad. You know, on that last issue, the suicide bombers, let's lead with that. Let's start with that. I know it probably just put our outline upside down. That was fascinating when we were talking about that last week. Joe had told me, you know, I'm getting information. They may be running suicide bombers. Our job, right? We just can't run with a rumor, right? We hear things and, you know, so we're just, we're torn, right? We know Hamas has the capability to do this. They talk about this, but when was the last time Hamas used a suicide bomber, Joe? Oh, it's got to be, I think it was 20, well, I'll say this. They've attempted plenty of times recently in orchestrating these type of attacks in the West Bank, but they haven't been successful. However, the last successful one was in 2015 or 2016. This guy that was a, a member of Hamas blew himself up in a bus and he died, but there was like 20 injured. But oh, that's right. I recall that attack, actually, now that you described that. Yeah. So yeah. it was way after the second intifada, but, but yeah, so they still trying, they've had some success in the last, I guess. 10 years or less than 10 years, but they keep trying though. It's just that the Israeli security establishment is really good at picking it up because, well, they've become experts at it, unfortunately, you know, but yeah, they, they keep trying and the story is pretty interesting, I think. Yeah. But tell us, tell us about, are you aware of the nature of the attacks? Are they going after the Israeli troops as they're loggering in areas? What are the type of attacks? How are they happening? Right. So I'll just basically break it down. Ooh, about, I think, let's say about six weeks ago, I got wind of it. It was just actually in a statement published by Hamas. It's really important when there's statements published by terrorist organizations, right? In this case, Hamas, you really look at the wording, right? Because sometimes it's just the usual stuff that they'll say, and they'll claim an attack and that's it, right? But sometimes they change the wording. And in this instance, they talk about martyrdom operations. And that's uncommon. They don't usually use that word. And so I was like, wait a second. That tells me suicide bombers. I just looked into it a little bit more just to be sure, right? They research the stuff. And I already knew about it, of course, just through my work. But this is the common phrase they would use during the Second Intifada when there was waves of suicide bombers being sent into Israel um, by Palestinian terrorist organizations like Hamas, Islamic Jihad, Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigade, so on and so on and so forth. So and then they published video too, which was interesting. It was actually at a hospital, a children's hospital in northern Gaza, where they published a statement that they sent three martyrdom fighters, I think it was, for as martyrdom unit. They show these guys running into this hospital, right? But you don't really see anything happen afterwards. You don't see an attack on an IDF soldiers, even though the statement said they were targeting IDF troops, ground troops, right? So it's like, okay, all right, well, that's interesting, but it's not enough. Not enough to go on, right? Like right. It's, it's just not enough to, to put the meat on the bones. That's the thing, right? That's uh, that's our job too. That's I think it's super important to note. 
that as analysts, as somebody, as people that, you know, work in this field, that obviously you don't take these type of statements at face value because a lot of times terrorist organizations exaggerate or they just flat out lie. I've seen that a bunch of times. So you have to try to find other other evidence, right? You just don't want to run with it and say, oh, yeah, yeah, right off the bat that, you know, Hamas is doing this, this, and that. So I started doing, you know, checking with sources and then, but it was still early. And then after that, about actually almost a month later, uh, uh, like mid-November, uh, this uh, another group, uh, the Popular Resistance Committees, it's like, a, it's a Hezbollah, I mean, a Hamas ally, essentially in the Gaza Strip, said, that they had uh, sent, uh, had uh, launched a martyrdom operation uh, with three of their fighters. They uh, essentially said that they attacked uh, one of the fighters, went through a tunnel inside a building, all right, where IDF troops were located. So they, there was a tunnel shaft inside of a building, right? And there was IDF troops inside. And this fighter, this popular resistance committee's fighter, uh, was in that tunnel shaft and uh, blew himself up, uh, blew the building up. And Two of the fighters that were, I guess, near there or with him somehow survived and uh, were able to escape, right? And uh, so, okay, that's a statement. Okay, you know, I was thinking, well, there's something that's interesting, but there's no evidence, right? It could just be nonsense because there's a lot of nonsense that, that's being published right now by uh, by passing terrorist organizations. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to them, right, 200 Israeli tanks, 500 mm. Israeli exactly. armored vehicles have been destroyed. Look, we I have no doubt that yeah. they're hitting yeah. them in, yeah. in ambushes and whatnot, but those numbers are just a bit outside. No. Exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Or they'll just use just funny words. Just um, oh, we've inflicted uh, certain casualties. Like, uh, uh, but they don't know how many. They're just anyway. Anyways. So yeah, the point is that they they either exaggerate, they're lying, or they just have no idea. But they're saying it anyway, just for propaganda value, right? So and lastly, uh, right after that popular resistance committee statement, a few days later, Islamic Jihad said something similar that they uh. uh they uh, launched a martyrdom operation uh, against IDF troops, uh, but they weren't nearly as specific of what happened. But uh, but again, so we have three instances, three statements of uh, these uh, suicide operations, right? Suicide bombings. So that was very interesting to me. So I, was, so I knew something was going on there because uh, if it was just one group, uh, okay, but you start seeing more groups saying it. So, so I so I started looking into it, investigating, talking to sources. Um, and, you know, I couldn't get anywhere, could never get an actual answer uh, if, yes, they were being deployed or not. And that was that was the case. And I was going to, so I was still waiting. You have to wait, right? You're stuck. You're waiting because you want to get confirmation on this. And then on Friday, last Friday, just a few days ago, um, the IDF International spokesperson, or spokesperson rather, uh, Daniel Hagari, said that uh idf troops were encountering suicide bombers so i was like oh so that's that's that was enough for me right because if i can get both sides confirming the same story then i know it's then, then i can set something i can run with so uh so yeah so that's the that's the thing so essentially the so bottom line is these terrorist organizations are using suicide bombers these attackers right to target idf ground troops uh there's only three instances that i know of right now there may be more i expect there to be more uh, but it's it's very interesting because yeah, it's something we haven't seen in a long time. But it's a capability we know that th these groups have, right? So, and, and and I don't know the specifics of if are they using a suicide vest or what are they doing? Just running up with a grenade? I, I you know I don't know. So we're still trying to get more information on it. Um, 
And then I do have actually a long word journal article that will be out either today or tomorrow on it. So uh, listeners can can absolutely go to the website and read it. But so, yeah, so it's um, very interesting. I think it's just just shows how nasty this war is in Gaza, right? Apart from everything else happening there. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of quick points tracking terrorist groups for two decades and their operations. I think. One of the things I've learned, like, you know, trying to gauge whether they're being truthful or not, it's, it depends on the topics, right? And it depends on the information. When it comes to do they exaggerate casualties? Absolutely, they do, or material damage that they cause. But usually something like a suicide attack, because there's the religious justification that goes behind it, and because of the meaning of it, right? Like, that's a really powerful tool for the groups, not just externally to, to put fear into their enemies, but internally for recruiting that's something in my experience they don't lie about you you in your head you come up with this weird ranking methodology where i'm like well yeah okay they i'll use the taliban as an example you know at some point i just came to take them at their word when it came to they took control of a district or they're running a a training camp or conducted a suit like because it was easily confirmed we were just confirming and confirming them obviously we'd always do the the work to make sure you can get the other side. You know, there's the 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 terrorist side, there's the government side, and then if you get a press account, that's really the tri- trifecta. Or if you have a, a source um, that's well, that's able to confirm that, that's really the, the best thing. That's when you know you're you're probably on the mark. But yeah, you have to take those claims now, now that you go forward, that the if they're talking, say they're conducting a suicide attack and the IDF is saying they're happening, there's, you know, the light, you know, we, you wait that. And the other thing too, as you mentioned, you know, the, the Taliban, the Pakistani Taliban, um, they called suicide bombs their nuclear weapon. That was the one, you know, the West had all, all of the industrial capacity, but we have, and I always felt that that was a very apt description. It was uh, Omar al-Khurasani was the guy's name, the head of his faction, jamaat al in um, Pakistan. And I just, that always stuck with me because that's how they view the importance of a suicide bomber, because it isn't just another weapon they deploy. It's a special weapon that they deploy to to put fear into their enemies. But the 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 amount of you know, you, you people might think it's just a matter of getting some guy strapping a vest on him and sending him into the crowd. There's a big investment um, in you know reaching to that person, convincing him. They don't generally they want that person to be a willing participant. They want that video to accompany that attack, to show them the commitment. So yeah, that's why I found that, that interesting. Once that, once we talked about that on Friday, Joe and I had it basically had an oh shit moment where we're like, yeah, we knew it. And, you know, but we just sort of had to, um, just sort of had to wait. That's, that's, that's part of the business and what we do. There's just so many, I can go time and time again, where, you know, I thought a drone attack occurred, or I had some information that maybe a top level Al Qaeda Islamic state leader was killed in some type of strike, but we just couldn't put it all, couldn't get it all together. And that's, you know, that's the, that's part of the game. But, uh, you know, I think the suicide bombers is a good segue to what we're going to talk about next, which is the tragic death of the three hostages. And I'm wondering if this plays into part of what happened here. So, Joe, tell us what happened on Friday. And um, I suspect what happened, there's there's multiple issues here. There's training issues. There's um, troops being on the front line for long periods of time, the stress that they're under in this combat situation. But could lay out the um, what happened on Friday when 
three, they were all male Israelis who were killed. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Basically, there were three hostages that had been captured on October 7th, and it's still not really clear exactly if they got the, their captors left them or they somehow escaped. I think the captors just left them or abandoned them. But so, yeah, and forgive me, I can't remember the exact area where they were found. I think it was in Han Yunus area where the Israelis are now. And that's in southern Gaza, correct, Joe? Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, southern Gaza. It was these three hostages, right? They're basically out and they're, they're free of their captors. And the reports that I've seen is that they, and this is even worse, really, they had a, a white flag, right, with a stick, and they encountered IDF troops, and IDF troops misidentified them as terrorists, and they shot them and killed these three hostages. And after a, a little bit of an investigation, at least an initial investigation, and searches through the buildings in the area, IDF troops found a room where these hostages were hiding, I guess you could say, and were staying. And they found like a messages in Hebrew and in English saying help and SOS, you know? So yeah, it's just tragic. It's tough, you know? I mean, it's a war zone, I mean, but it's, at the same time, it's just, you have all these, you know, Hamas uses all these types of tricks, right? That they, they dress up as IDF soldiers, right? They come out of tunnels, they hide in schools and hospitals and all sorts of stuff and i'm not trying to speak hebrew some, yeah some, right? yeah yeah exactly so i'm not trying to um, i don't know you're not trying to excuse what happened here. look i think there's a lot of factors involved right that right. mentioned earlier you know i think part of the problem too is the israeli military the israel defense forces the army are primarily reservists correct yeah. so you're the, these soldiers aren't as trained as you know we're not putting delta force in not putting NATO seals or even you know Army Rangers are like, we can go down the tiers of the U.S. military from top training to bottom. And, you know, you're putting guys who maybe a month or two months ago were working on their working on computers and their nurses and doctors or whatever they were in their civilian life and are now on the front lines in Gaza and are dealing with the chaos of a, of a war situation where Hamas is employing all kinds of tactics. Again, this is not making excuses. I think I think there, there's very likely a training aspect here. Have all the troops been briefed properly on how to deal with recovering hostages, or were they just thrown into the front line? Israel wasn't. Pre this wasn't a war that the Israelis chose that they were prepared to fight. They they were the troops that are on the front lines have been thrown into this. So. It's tra you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm surprised that this hasn't happened soon. You know, we're two months into this war and what, how many months into the ground operation? About a right, month, month and a half. Month and a half, yeah. Yeah. And this is the first, you know, this is going to happen. It's tragic. It's mm -hmm. again, not making excuses, but uh, yeah, Joe, go ahead. I'm it's curious. The, what yeah. Your thoughts are. Yeah. It's just the reality. I mean, what's happening. I, I don't think, and I, and I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this where we talked about this at the beginning. Um, uh, of the war that the Israelis aren't going to let Hamas use the hostages as leverage. And I mean, it's, it's when it comes to at least uh, ground operations, right? So in airstrikes uh, and I mean, but Hamas has used this, the airstrikes, for example, and ground troops, um, the invasion um, uh, to uh, as leverage to try to force a, hostage negotiations right or ceasefire and you know they've, they've said it many times especially hamas that um airstrikes have or have killed hostages uh and that the israelis are killing their own people um uh in, in gaza so yeah they're, they're and it's, it's a huge pr win right for propaganda win rather for hamas uh this this would happen and, and by the way it was actually it wasn't khan yunus that i mentioned earlier that, that they found him it was in shajaiya which is actually in northern 
northern Gaza, where the IDF, where troops, where IDF troops are still uh, well, have essentially conquered it, but there's still pockets, right, of of of, of areas where um, that obviously are are still um, are still being used by by terrorist organizations. So they haven't completely taken over the northern Gaza Strip. At least the IDF has, rather. So. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just so it's awful. But yeah, to your points, uh, I think it's just it's hell there. And right now, and um, it's anything that I don't want to say anything that moves is going to get hit. But it's to that point, right? Because I mean, these guys, uh, there's buildings that these terrorists hide in. There's tunnels that they come out of. They're everywhere, right? So, and a lot of these ground troops are are exposed, exposed. So, um, so yeah, it's it's just a crappy situation all around to be quite honest with you and and uh, um it's tough right but you know i'll give credit to the idf they admitted their their mistake it was a huge mistake they didn't cover it up or anything so uh i'll give them credit for that but that is what transparency and accountability looks like yeah. with the with yeah. the idf did i mean they look they recognized yeah. the mistake early on you know and not only is this a propaganda win joe uh for for hamas but the internal pressure that this is put on the on the Israeli government as well. So that was like a really a double win for my look. I'm not, this is difficult when we discuss these topics, these are people who were killed. And uh, some part of the hard part of, of being analysts here is looking at these situations and, and putting it into the bigger, you know, beyond the death of an individual, but to put it into a wider context. So I don't want you to, you know, to the listeners, you know, it's, it's it certainly could come off as being, um, insensitive or, or unkind. I mean, and the same goes for Palestinian children who are being killed in operations or, or, you know, innocent people. We know it's happening on both sides and, you know, our preference, I, I, I know I could speak for you on this, Joe, is that Hamas can end this war at any moment, surrender, lay down their arms, and this war would be over in one minute. And that's all they would have to do. And there would be no more hostages killed. There would be no more suffering for, for, for women, for children, for elderly. This is a war that Hamas started and the Israelis are obligated to finish. Or in my opinion, they would be finished as a state if they, if they caved into what Hamas wants. Yeah, I mean, you always have to go back to the point that Hamas understood what he was getting into before it launched the attack. Yeah, the, the, I, you know, look, I think they and the reason they're pushing for the ceasefire, they we know they feel that the international community, their international opinions on their side, as we said from day one, the clock starts ticking. Yep. And the Israelis, I, I will say, I I was worried that they might cave, and look, they still may. There's a lot of pressure coming from the U.S. From we're not going to get it into that for them to limit those operations to get them back to mowing the lawn or whatever, you know, with targeted strikes that that will be a win for Hamas because they will live the fight another day. Yeah. They will, you know, the sweets will be handed out on the streets of, of West bank and Gaza. And by the way, you might look, be looking at a Hamas takeover in the West bank. Um, I, I'm just, I'm, you know, if, or, or increased influence, if, if they are able to weather this one. Oh yeah. They'll, they'll become be thinking of that. Super popular. They'll be, yeah. They, all they need to do the, for them to win is to survive. Uh, if, if uh, that's in, in in Gaza, even if it's, you know, even if they release all the hostages and um, with some kind of deal, uh, yeah. As long as they survive, as long as Sinwar is alive and uh, his lieutenants and everything else, um, yeah, they they win. And we got to remember too. Um, just going back a little, you said about you know this double whammy about the hostages being killed. The this is this increase the pressure on the Israeli government, at least internally, uh, tremendously to to do a um, 
to look for a, a possible another hostage negotiation, right? Because that will cause will create a ceasefire, at least a temporary one. And um, so, yeah, now the Israeli government's under a heck of a lot more pressure because they accidentally killed three uh, three hostages. So, especially you know the, the families are, are. I can't imagine what they're going through, right? So, of uh, these hostages right now. So, so yeah, it's 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 a huge huge problem. Um, I don't know how long, how much longer this is going to last. I'm uh, right now. The best thing, the, the Israel can win with this ground war, right? If it switches to, let's say targeted strikes, kind of like you were talking about before. I, uh, I, I don't, I don't think they can destroy Hamas just through targeted strikes, to be quite honest with you. Even if they found one or two, you know, top guys, uh, I don't think they could do it. So I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen here. Yeah, enough guys have made their chops now fighting the Israelis yeah. um, that have gotten their combat experience, that have gotten the respect of their peers, that they could, they'll fill in. Yeah, sure, right. you know, guys like Sinwar and Mohammed Deef are yeah. certainly very important figures, but new names are being made right now in, yeah. in Gaza. Yeah, I know they'll, they'll, yeah, they'll survive. They'll, Hamas will continue on, uh, even if it's on a, with a different face, right, or a different leader, whatever. So, um, so yeah, so. And, and Joe, you had mentioned, you know, the tunnels, right? What happened if you stop these operations? We'll, we'll yeah. talk about that now. The, the infrastructure, Hamas's infrastructure has not been dismantled. These oh, no. tunnels have not been dismantled. The Israelis just found, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I thought it was the Erez crossing, which yeah. is, is that, what's the location of that, Joe? It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a checkpoint, essentially. It's in uh, the northern Gaza Strip. Uh, it's um, it's basically, uh, yeah, uh, it's southern Israel and the northern Gaza Strip. Yeah. Tell us about the tunnel they discovered. I saw pictures of this and was, a lot of the tunnels we've seen is like one guy could sort of, you know, scrunch your yeah. shoulders and squeeze through. And then I saw, and then I saw this tunnel system was what a couple hundred meters from the border yeah. and was <laughs> yeah, sort of blown right, away. Yeah. It was right under their noses, right under the Israelis noses. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's, um, it's pretty incredible. The, the thing is they were able to, Hamas was able to pull this off because um, it was, it was hidden. The, the, the tunnel shaft, uh, it was hidden by a, a building. Uh, so they started digging inside of a building essentially. So they could, the building served as cover. So that's, I think that's how the Israelis missed it. But this thing was massive. I mean, it was, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just, it was wide. I mean, you could, uh, you can, uh, at certain points you could fit a vehicle through it. A vehicle could drive through it. Actually, the Israelis published video of <laughs> Yahya Sinwar's brother, Mohammed Sinwar, um, driving through this tunnel. So uh is it, it was really interesting so it was quite large um uh big the biggest one i think the israelis have ever found uh in gaza at least it really reminded me of something uh hezbollah would do and probably has in lebanon especially in southern lebanon so i wouldn't be surprised if there's some type of you know uh help there you know from the uh from from Hezbollah and 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 others uh as far as advising what to do what Hamas can do with tunnels right but i mean and again, Hamas have been building tunnels for a long time, so you can almost say they're experts at it now. So yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's just this is just in northern northern Gaza where the Israelis have been uh, for weeks now, and they've mostly conquered. Um, I can't imagine what they're going to find. You know, southern Gaza, um, and it's. Uh, I, I really, I think we mentioned this before. I'm really curious. I don't think they'll. Maybe they'll be able to find this. Maybe if things go well for him. But 
what kind of tunnels are connected between Egypt and Gaza? I would really like to know that. If- Listen, I think the Israelis made a mistake here. Um, that would have been in conjunction with segmenting northern Gaza. I would have pushed up right along that border mm. and taken control of it and yeah. pushed out a couple of kilometers and started that because I'm wondering still what's going through. I think you posted a video just the other day. This wasn't even tunnel related, right? But how Hamas spiders were jumping on the back of aid trucks as they were coming across the border, just taking over the aid. Like, hey, great. Our tax dollars at work. Wait, Hamas just got a nice shipment of aid that they're going to distribute. Because look, the reality is in war, those who fight will be fed first. That's how it works. And Hamas, that's what's doing. That's what they're doing. They're seizing those shipments to feed their people, to get medical supplies, to get whatever, you know, whatever they can, they're ransacking those, those shipments and uh, appropriating it and and apportioning it to their troops on the ground. But yeah, I would have, I would have, I'm with you. I would, I'm dying to see. And then I would have dug about a 500 foot moat when it hooked it right up to the Mediterranean and you'd have a new waterway right to the Israeli border. And then maybe I just keep going and going all around the whole thing. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but that and that's something else that's happening now. They're talking about that. Have they started flooding the tunnels, Joe? Uh, according to reports, they have. But, you know, I would I haven't seen. I mean, I would like to see more evidence of it. Uh, but, um, you know, but it, it's tough. Uh, but so but I mean, it's tunnels. So you're probably not going to, to be quite honest with you, unless the IDF produces it. But no. Um, so, yes, they have. Um, you know, it's the funny thing is uh, this isn't the first time the Israelis have done something like this. Uh, a few years back, they filled a tunnel uh, with some that they found in northern Israel. They started filling it and with cement. And then to see where it would go. And um, a little while later, they found it on, on in southern Lebanon. And they actually had video of it. Uh, the cement just pouring out of this like building. <laughs> and uh, these like uh, what I believe are maybe, maybe Hezbollah fighters. I can't recall. Just once they, you know, just running away. It was really funny. Um, and this is. They had a drone up in the air at the same Yeah, yeah. Time. So they had an idea. They had an idea where it was obviously, right? So, um, so yeah. But anyway, so they, they've done something similar to this before. So, uh, so yeah, I would, you know. Obviously, you know, you think, okay, you're in a flood tunnel as well. You better hope there's no hostages down there, right? Yeah, that's so, that is the problem, right? That's the danger <laughs> of collapsing tunnels, flooding them. Um, you know, it's interesting. You said that you don't we don't know whether those the three hostages who were killed by the IDF, whether they were just abandoned or whether they escaped. I'm not sure, yeah. And so yeah, that's that's really, really interesting. Um it's certainly a point of consideration. I mean, and it's another reason, Joe, why the this operation just can't end, right? Like maybe they do need to clear those tunnels individually to ensure the hostages are freed before they start flooding them. And so one of the things I saw, and I can't remember what group, was it the United Nations that put out a yeah. statement <laughs> saying that this was a war crime, flooding the tunnels with seawater and it would poison the groundwater forever? And And I'm just sitting here going, have these people ever like realized there's been floods along coasts for you know yeah tsunami and whatnot for oh i don't know since the beginning of mankind <laughs> and that the nature has a way of uh rebalancing systems and but anyway i just thought that that was humorous i just wanted to i just read i remember i read i think i read it at your um uh, over in joe's you guys should follow joe joe at joe trusman on twitter <laughs> it, you know it's just where i 
can't believe I've just become that guy that's like, ah, screw it. I'm just going to follow Joe and get my news from, <laughs> from on Israel from there. That's not true. I read other sources as well, and so should you. But Joe gives you some really good information, some really interesting stuff out there that you should be. Uh, you should. That's where I, I find these anecdotes, and I just was like. Why don't they just, why don't the UN just strap on a suicide vest and join Hamas and, you know, get its all Akbar on and, and be done yeah. with it? I mean, this is just absurd. Yeah, no, it was, you're right. It was the human, it's, um, I, I actually pulled it up, uh, the UN human rights uh, Twitter account. Uh, so this is an actual United Nations official account, all right, on, on well, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, they said, and I'll, I'll sort of paraphrase here, but saying they said Israel's flooding of tunnels with seawater could have severe adverse human rights impacts some long term sorry i can't help but laugh <laughs> <laughs> so that's just uh, that's just, that's just the first sentence and i'm just like and i'm just saying to myself i'm like that doesn't make sense like what are you talking about why don't you even the tunnels themselves are the issue not the seawater going in there it just shows you just how these guys i mean uh a part of me just must be like these guys are just stupid and they don't know what they're talking about but another part of me is like oh no they're doing this on purpose sometimes they're on the other side i think i i hate to say that but i really think they are that especially especially now through this war i i mean i i've I wanted to give, I want to give like the United Nations this, you know, the, the benefit of the doubt, but there's a lot of, lot of questionable stuff, not only post October 7th, but even before that, um, that I, I just, I just don't understand it. I, I've had my own issues, uh, my own run-ins with the, with the UN. Um, I've done, I've talked to UN investigators. Uh, I've been to uh, the, uh, the, at the United Nations in Geneva um, in doing uh, some work with, for, uh, or publishing um, evidence of uh, Palestinian terror, uh, Palestinian um, armed groups, the, the evidence of, of terrorism. Um, and, and, but yeah, but it's just a lot of the stuff is just, that comes out of there. It's just a head scratch. You're like, this doesn't make sense. And this is just one of many, many examples. So it's like, well, who's are you? You're not even being objective here. You're it's, it just looks like you're shilling for Hamas essentially. Um, so it's just, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's the groups that are directly engaged on the ground in, um, in Gaza and the West Bank are really just thrown in with Hamas. There's just no way to put it. And uh, to be clear, look, the United Nations, uh, I wish all, all government agencies worked like the United Nations, um, the analytical support and sanctions monitoring team. They are the ones that issue the reports on the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, Islamic State. It's real analysis. I cannot... Um, I cannot give them enough credit for the work that they've done over the, you know, two, almost two decades now in or probably longer, actually, um, in, in documenting these issues. So it's not, we're, I'm not going to sit here and say all the UN's bad. There's good parts. There's bad parts. I'm sure the people you work with, with documenting right. Palestinian terrorist organizations yeah. and evidence, you know, so, but what I do know is the groups that are, you know, we can, you know, we could debate the, the efficacy of various UN programs and agencies but the ones that are working out of gaza and the west bank are so badly tainted that it just needs to be disposed of they they're they are not objective observers how does the the entire world have an agency for refugees just one agency and the palestinians get their own agency that right. alone should tell you that there is a significant problem with that process and that um, but we watch how they act and it's, 
Yeah. It really is reprehensible. They're just, they, they can't, they can't, you know, and they could hide it, you know, by not publishing that or other things that they've said, but they just can't help themselves. Mm, and that's right. how, you know, they're, they're, they've thrown in with the other side. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's, uh, it, it's, I don't know. I, I don't even, I'm at just a loss for words because really, yeah. I feel it's, it's just so awful. So anyway, it's, uh, it, it perpetuates well, these, the problem, like it, it really, if, it perpetuates the problem. It gives Hamas and and, and his Palestinian Islamic Jihad and yeah. and other terror organizations all the the ammunition they need. Like they don't even have to do their own PR. They can let huh. let <laughs> they can let all of these groups do it for them. Basically, <laughs> they just sit back and and reap the rewards. And it's and again, I mean, it bothers me that my tax dollars go to pay this. I mean, there's a lot of you know. I don't want to pay for this. It's it's pretty, you know, it's pretty revolting to me. I mean, those Hamas's tunnels were built with your and my money. How many billion? I mean, look at the, those tunnel systems. Even the rudimentary ones are pretty well built. I mean, oh yeah, how much? A lot. How much money was spent on these tunnels? How much intellectual effort of Palestinians? What could do you think Palestinian engineers could be building better things? than tunnels and rockets to launch right. at Israel and whatnot. Right. Yeah. And that's the real, you know, you look at, you know, or people just using their brains to try to figure out the, how to live side by side with the Israelis. But we know Hamas doesn't want to live side by side with the no. Israelis. It's, you know, from the river to the sea, which means there is no Israel. The Islamic Jihad and, and uh, all of these groups, they are, they want nothing more than, the, nothing less than the destruction of Israel. And UN agencies know this and support it. Yeah. Yeah. They still it's crazy. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I can, I, we can talk about this all day. I mean, Hamas has previously thanked the United Nations in statements. So um, just sort of. Well, they should. Yeah. I mean, they really. So um, they should be, so, they yeah. should be taking the money for the, we're giving them and paying those UN employees. That's what they ought to be doing. Yeah, yeah. Give them a double dip. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that's the case, unfortunately, with the UN uh, right now, as, as far as in regards to the whole, you know, Israel, Israeli Palestinian conflict. Uh, but it's, it's, yeah, it's completely just backwards, backwards, backwards. So, um, and um, it's just unfortunate, but that's the way it is. So even after the October 7th attack, you'd think uh, people would wake up, but nope, more of the same. Yeah, no, and it, it perpetuate this conflict. That's for sure. Well, Joe, anything else you want to to discuss today or uh, oh, we hit it all there's uh there's always there was always a lot of things we could discuss but uh, for now for now um no i think we're we're i think we're we caught up with at least uh i think the most important topics uh but yeah so it's just um you know we're just we're just gonna see continue seeing things going on in the, the events in the in the north uh with hezbollah they're not stopping uh and of course uh everything going on in iraq and syria regarding iran-backed militias uh attacking us troops and of course um the houthis in yemen uh essentially imposing a uh naval blockade on, it's amazing. on israel uh which is by the way and i can't stress this enough i know i'm sure uh, you know you and benham talked about this on friday a few days ago um, but um this isn't this is this is Iran doing this. This is not yeah. a Houthi decision. Uh, they're just the tool that Iran is using. And this is we really need to hammer this. It's Iran. A lot most of this, what's happening in the Middle East right now, in Syria and Lebanon and Gaza is because of Iran. And that's 
needs to be, like I said, really hammered home. So, um, so yeah, that's just want to get that point across. That's it. Uh, you're, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. Benham and I, we talked about the, the Iran strategy and it's, it's clever, it's effective. And they certainly marshaled their forces with these militias. And but I got to tell you, you got to hand it to the Houthis. They are bold. Um, obviously they're doing it with the backing of the Iranians and they may be getting, you know, they may be getting there sometime soon. I don't know that the international community could allow this to, to last forever, but boy, what they've done in the last month is, is something to behold. They have made the world, they put the world at its knees at the Bab al-Mandeb Strait and in the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden. And there's now three major shippers that have canceled using the um, using the Red Sea to transit through the Suez Canal. Right. Egypt's losing like $28 million a day. You think the Egyptians are pissed? Oh, you bet. Right. And Yet there's a lot of navel gazing going on. And look, this isn't just a U.S. problem. This is a problem for the international community. And it is, I said this to Benham the other day, one of the first reasons for militaries to be formed is to put down things like piracy and banditry, right? For having organized militaries. We have organized militaries and we don't have the will to use them. And not, not just the United States. The U.S. shouldn't and should not have to do this alone. But everyone is just so paralyzed with fear that that the wider war is going to break out. Well, I hate to tell them, but a wider war has broken out and the Houthis are fighting it and we're just choosing to accept it. Exactly. And I think um, one of the most surprising things of this whole war is absolutely the the, the Houthis, how they've been able to yeah, essentially impose a naval blockade on, on Israel uh, right now. So, um, and, but Israel hasn't... I. I I imagine Israel has been um, told not to not to attack. At least, look, regards to the Israelis, I, this is an international problem. This is one yeah. they should can and should sit out, right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. They, they should go defensive on this because yeah. it's the international shipping. I mean, insurance rates, and this was a, by December fourth, the insurance rates had tripled. Right? I thought we were going to not <laughs> talk about this, but we are. Um, that and that was that that was what it's the 18th. That was 14. That was two weeks ago. I can't even imagine what the rates are now. Ships are forced to transit around the Horn of Africa. Right. That's that's times, right? So that's it's it's completely in time. This is going to put the global um, supply chains in in havoc. And oh, the yeah. Egyptians again losing money, and uh, this is just an absolute disaster. And the fact that we and by we, I'm not saying the United States. That the world, I mean, this is affecting China. This is affecting other countries. Um, you can't seem to get it together to stamp down a, you know, I, I can't even call the Houthis a third-rate military, but maybe they are. Maybe they're actually second-rate. Maybe they're first-rate with because they are acting in a way that is allowing them and allowing Iran to disrupt global commerce. It's absolutely stunning to me watching this. Uh, I I just think I I just think of them as up armored terrorists. Really, uh, that's, that's all. That's just the way. That's how I describe them. That's how I think of them. Really, and um, yeah, you're absolutely right. So something's gotta gotta end here. And it's just um, the whole point of it is just uh, pressure, right? Iran is pressuring Israel, uh, or rather, pressuring the international community by you know imposing this type of blockade uh, through the Houthis. Uh, in order to well to to end the war in Gaza, right? Yep. Because they're trying to bail out Hamas. Um, and and some about Hamas, real quick. I just want to add. Uh, while we were doing this podcast, Hamas published a 
video of three hostages, uh, Israeli hostages, it looks like. Um, and they've been doing it this every now and then. And uh, again, this is a part of uh, the effort uh, by Hamas to force a ceasefire for uh, or, or, or a hostage negotiation, right? Um, because in the end, what Hamas wants, Hamas did a, did this attack, the October seventh attack, because obviously to kill Israelis and we don't know all that, but the hostages to 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 get hostages so they could essentially release or empty out as much as the prisons that uh, the Israeli prisons that they can that. That have that have uh, senior members of Hamas and other Palestinian terrorist organizations, so they're trying to get these guys out of the, the Israeli jails. So, um, so yeah, so this is these this video that was just published. Uh, the interesting thing is they've it's like Hamas has evolved. Uh, now it's not only in, in, in originally it used to be in Hebrew uh, because well, obviously you know the hostages speak Hebrew, but now this video is is in Hebrew. It's in subtitled in Arabic and it's subtitled in English too. Which is very interesting, but it shows you the the propaganda the, 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 that they're trying to to publish here, right? So uh, the message that to and who they're the trying audiences. to make it to reach exactly to who the audience, not only the the Israelis, not only the um, the uh, you know the, the Arab world, but also to Western viewers, right? Because that's important. So they're evolving here. That's just another this whole this whole battle, this whole war, how it's changing and. We're just we're just seeing it right now, just with this 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 video. So just wanted to mention that. But yeah, so it's a uh, it's a great point, Joe. The so and I'll go back to my Afghanistan here, but it's the this it matters. The Taliban issued propaganda not just in Pashtu, which is the primary audience, did it in Dari, which is another major language in, in Afghanistan, and also in Urdu, which is uh, speaking largely by you know Pakistanis, and in Arabic. And then English, right? It was, you know, they they had multiple audiences, and that's exactly what you're seeing. I'm going to conclude our conversation with this. Our producer, Danielle, thank you. Danielle sent me this as we were talking about the UN. Here's the from 2015 to present, the General Assembly condemnation resolutions. Here's the number of resolutions issued in condemnation of countries: 141 against Israel, 23 against Russia. Then Syria, 10, brutal civil war. You want to talk about you know, people screaming genocide. Well, there's a nice place to start. In the United States, nine, North Korea, eight, Myanmar and Iran at seven. And then here we go. Massive numbers, all goose eggs. China, Cuba, Qatar, Libya, Turkey, Pakistan, Venezuela, Zimbabwe. So if you think the UN isn't biased in how it treats Israel, those numbers tell the story. And those numbers are from UN Watch. This is excellent information. Joe, thanks for joining. Thanks for co-hosting today. You're not joining, you're co-hosting. Great conversation. <laughs> Always a pleasure. And just a little programming note, we're going to take off this Wednesday. Friday, Benham and I will be doing an episode. Then Monday's Christmas here in the United States. So we'll be taking off then. Be a little flexible. And if something does pop up, you know, something big happens, we'll jump on the horn, let you know what's going on and what we think about what's happening. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for today's episode of Generation Jihad. Just a reminder, you can find us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks again. We'll see you all again soon.